Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the program. I'm your host tonight, Keel Thor. This is the Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News. Hey, everybody. Hello. I got some unknowns with me. She's a woman of high sophistication. <laughs> Ashley, think change, repeat. Must be Ashley. <laughs> Hello. And she's a true Sheila from the land down under. Stella Q. True blue, mate. Hello. How are you guys doing tonight? Very good, thank you. Good. Happy to be with you people again. Yeah, feels good. I don't know. I feel like we've been gone, or I've been gone. I don't know. But uh, on Not Your Mama's News, as most of you probably know, uh, we like to cover kind of news stories that are crazy from the clown world in which we live these days. And to start us off, we're going to go to the aforementioned Down Under and hang out with uh, Stella. That's Down Under to all those globe people. But, you know, if you're a flat earther, I don't know where I am. I think I'm a bit to the left and (laughs) something. (laughs) But whatever. It doesn't really matter. It could be a hexagon for all I care. Yeah, I'm just going to talk about, um, well, what we talk about the most, the news. So the way it's being presented with um, the summer that is approaching here in Australia, as it always does every year. Um, Yes, we're being frightened (laughs) by the mainstream media yet again uh, about the terrible bushfire season that is coming. Now, that that's not okay. We'll start with that. Um, <laughs> oh, do this, you want me to hold off on this? Oh, that, well, that's okay. It doesn't matter. We can, we can do that. I wanted to get this from you guys. Okay, so this is one of the scare tactics that's sort of being used. Um, now, I happened to notice this amongst the article that was going fear, 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 and looked at this. Now, let, let, let's just have okay for people who aren't watching. It's a map of Australia. And it's various shades of red. So going from dark red to light red, sort of in the middle, dark red to the outside. Now the dark red, that is higher temperatures. The chance of exceeding the median minimum temperature. That's what it is actually. It's the chance of exceeding the median minimum temperature. Now, I don't know about you. This is why I wanted to get you guys' You guys, I just made up a word. You guys' <laughs> opinion about this because I looked at this and thought, hang on a minute, <laughs> what are they trying to twist here? Because really, even if you even if you took away the fact that it's the chance of, and you just said it's the median minimum temperatures, it's like, well, okay, the median. Let's look at what the median is, okay? Mathematics people. Wish Terry was here. Shout out Terry. How you going? Shout out Terry. The median definition is the middle of a sorted list of numbers. Okay, so to find the median, you place the numbers in value order. In other words, from lowest to highest. So if you've got a list of, say, 10, 11, 13, 15, 16, the median is the middle number, which is 13. Okay, so that's the median. It's not the average. You don't add them all together and find a number. It's the median, which is just the middle number. So what they're doing is basing a lot of this fear on the chance, (laughs) the chance of exceeding the median minimum temperature percentage, okay, over three months, July to September. So to me, I don't know, do you guys think that's a very baseless kind of fear-mongery formula? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yes. And I'll tell you that um, it's like they just take the script and switch it from our hemisphere to your hemisphere because they have been doing this certainly in an egregious manner the last two summers. Um, And people online have busted them showing a meteorologist showing like 10 years ago a normal map where they they would actually have things broken out by color, but they didn't 
have it done in um, an inflammatory or scary way. And then they would have like the same temperatures in today's day and time and everything is red. So they've Mm. been caught red handed doing this. And this, in my opinion, goes exactly what you said with fear mongering and the, oh, we've moved on to the global boiling. We're beyond global warming. Mm. We're global boiling. So I think that they're just, they just uh, took the script that they've been running here and they hit play as soon as you started heading out of your winter. Mm -hmm. All right. I have a bit of a different, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. I've got a bit of a different uh, take on it. <clears throat> this map is actually uh, disproving their point. Because if you're saying, what is the chance of something being above the minimum? If if it's not 100%, then there's something else going on. And as you can clearly see, a large portion of the central Australia there is not going to make it above the minimum. So it seems to indicate that there they think there are a lot of places in Australia that temperatures are, are going to be lower than expected. Right? That's that's right in the middle of the desert pretty much. Yeah. So why would those temperatures be lower than expected if they're talking about record high heat? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just it's a bit of a what's a polite way of saying it? it's a bit of a mind muck. You know what I mean? Um, well, it, it's just a... It's, it's something like to said, make it look like they know what they're, they're saying and we should trust them sort of thing. But really, when you yeah. break it down, it's actually just a bunch of hypothetical projections based on minimums. Okay, here's, so here's another example. Thank you for that chart. We're probably done with that now. Thanks, Ashley. Um, so... Here's the other thing is, you know, just the other day, I think it was a few days ago, coming up to the weekend, maybe they were talking about, and they're doing it again this week. So coming up to the weekend, it's, you know, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be a horrendous weekend. It's going to be awful. And then when you read past the first one or two paragraphs and actually look at the temperatures they're talking about, sounds like a bloody nice lot of days to me, you know, to most Aussies. You know, if you're an Eskimo that's just landed in Australia, yeah, it's going to be hot. It's going to be a heat wave, like they say. But it's not, because really, that's exactly the beautiful spring <laughs> weather we hope for at this time. You know, like it's, I mean, getting up to 35, yeah, okay, that's pretty hot. 35, okay, I should have broken that down into Fahrenheit. I'm sorry, that's Celsius. I'm going to say that is 70, around about 100, 105 Fahrenheit, something like that. Um that's normal. You know, it's, it's yep. on the warm side. Yeah. You, some people will throw their air conditioner on, but most people are just, oh yeah, it's a bit, bit warm today, isn't it? You know, start the Barbie or something. Um, no problem. So yeah, they're just telling, they're trying to, they're trying to outrightly tell us that these normal, lovely temperatures are a heat wave. And, that, and then you look at the definition of a heat wave and it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the formula is. Something that happens over a certain amount of hours or days or something is considered a heat wave. So it actually, when you look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, not really. <laughs> so there's that. But then the, the, it goes a little bit further. I mean, they've been doing a lot of controlled burns lately. So there's a lot of heavy, low air quality around Sydney has been for days on end. That's a real worry for a lot of people, children and asthmatics and old people and what have you, everybody, bloody everybody. Um, but, you know, that's the assurance that they're doing something doing something about this. Uh, at the same time, they're saying that 400 trucks, fire trucks out of the, I don't know, 2,000 or so that we've got, over 2,000, are well below, you know, equipped to handle certain things. So you then go into the thing of how the, you know, volunteer firefighters have to sort of provide their own, and they really get the one uniform, and if they, you know, they've got to provide their own stuff, they want more. A lot of those firefighters that were um, fighting during the Black Summer of 1920, they were just living in the same clothes day after day. I mean, horrible conditions. So I just would like to challenge the Red Cross, Rosicrucians, um, all that money, those millions that got raised along with all the other charities. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is, people, and... uh, 
you know, give some of it to the fire people. I'm sure the government are probably providing some pissy little amount that, because Zelensky needs more, you know. Exactly. I could go on and on about this, but I'll give you some of you guys a bit of a chance to chat. Well, I'm with you. Honestly, they are true heroes. Their sole purpose is simply to assist and save people. Um, And I do feel concerned. You know, I'm trying not to live in a place of fear these days because I do think that spiritually uh, the predator class gets a lot from that, from us living in fear. And, um, you know, if we... Put our faith in God, then we are not supposed to be fearful here. Yep, um, exactly. But I, I do feel like this is really concerning that they're already laying the bullet points for, for if some other major fires happen there again. Now, as mm. you said, it, it's a normal part of Australia for brush fires to occur, but I believe that we live in a time of uh, obviously true manipulation. And I remember watching um, We Are Change about this years ago. I guess it was right before COVID when the wildfires were um, were burning so badly down there. And David Icke was on his program, you know, whatever about David Icke, but he was talking about them spraying the barium, the aluminum, things that are going to make the fires burn hotter and faster. Um, so I do feel that they're trying to, to basically prime the pump here for the population to to be ready for, you know, global boiling and more damaging wildfires. I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a few things here. There's the weather manipulation and what they're doing to um, promote this kind of condition. Because whether you believe it or not, people, weather manipulation is a fact. There are businesses out there making money out of manipulating the weather. It's open. It's all on the internet. If you want to go and have a look, it's not a secret. And they've been doing it for decades, almost a century. So we've got that established. They're doing it. Um, So that's not helping. It's also not helping that it's creating things like, you know, droughts, etc. I mean, whether they're doing it here or not, day after day, I look outside at the moment and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that for days and days on end, we get, it is like Groundhog Day, absolutely nothing, not even a whisper of a cloud. Um, then occasionally you'll get like a, a day of what looks almost normal. It's like, okay, normal cloud, great. And then you'll get all the bloody contrails and then the next day there'll be thunderstorms and then back to nothing day after day and we haven't had much rain my tank's just about empty it's not a big tank but it's almost empty uh so yeah i feel like there's a little bit of a setup happening perhaps but of course it's all the triple el nino (laughs) right i mean yeah there's cycles i'm not i'm not saying that the earth doesn't have cycles but um right they're certainly hiding behind those cycles um and i think they're manipulating it a lot more than anybody has any idea And we're starting to wake up to it. Yep. And that was the other uh, thing that I was thinking when you're talking about weather manipulation. It's just a matter of to what extent, um, you know, can they control it? Like, obviously, we see the cloud seeding or whatever, the the tic-tac-toe scratch marks all across the sky, um, Mm. you know, and then uh, truly how powerful are they as far as the weather goes? Yeah, I don't think that's something we'll ever know for sure it's just like any of these other you know concepts that only the elite lizard people really know the details of we're not going to know that stuff all we know is we can see it and we know that it's possible and we can see it happening and we yeah and and one scale we can absolutely know what's happening but who knows what the uh the big evil plan is well, yeah, I'm just seeing what I'm seeing is like there's all this fear mongering come out of the uh, the media, and then I'm seeing the government, you know, responding with, "Oh, we're doing all this, you know, burning and everything." Like you can't miss it because you're all almost suffocating from it. So, like we're we're heroes jumping in doing this. Um, just just as a matter of interest, <laughs> have a guess how many hectares they've already uh, done some hazard reduction burns of in Queensland? Thirty-three. Uh, <laughs> along the same not. lines. 666,000. Wow. <laughs> just over. over. 666,464 palindrome. 
uh, so yeah, and there's um, they've burned out about forty thousand hectares so far. That's thirteen percent target. Uh, last financial year, they did twenty four percent of their target, which is you know, two and four or six. Um, it's just everywhere. There's numbers and symbology all over the place. Not saying there's any meat in that. I'm just pointing it out. So yes, we've got the, and then we've got the 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 pretend statistics that they try to throw at us to make it look like they really are in control because they know that if there's an increase of three degrees or more in this certain place by this certain bloody year, there's going to be a productivity level decrease of 0.2% to 0.8%. So we've got this because if we do this with 423 billion at this time and spend this here, then there's only going to be a two degrees rise and we'll increase production by 155 billion on the... So thanks, government. Thank you. Well, you know, if, you got if, this. if we didn't think they were helping us and protecting us, we wouldn't need them at all. Exactly. <laughs> this is all just... It's all colouring in books of the narrative, isn't it? It's like, here's the fear. Here's us. We've got it. Um, you know, like, be on edge, everybody. So I'm just going to say particularly if there's any Aussies listening, but anyway, I mean, yeah, there's been some pretty horrendous things going on. So just do as you normally do, prepare, you know, move, clear your gutters, keep all the leaves out of your gutters, remove your debris, no welding or bloody, you know, doing grinding or anything near grass, <laughs> dry grass, no open fires in dry areas, you know, use your brain, we've still got one. Get some metal hoses. That's a really good thing. I, I got I bought some metal hoses, which is kind of cool if you are sort of fighting a few sparks or what have you. There's no point in having rubber hoses and plastic stuff, is there? So invest in some metal hoses. They do exist. Uh, and, and don't uh, worry about stuff. Just do your normal stuff. Maybe hate, paint your your rooftop blue. <laughs> to be safe, you know? Yeah, well, if we're going to go yeah. to that level. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> yeah, but that's good advice, though, um, to just practice, like, just some basic preparation. Um, you know, that's a good advice for anybody, but especially if you live in an area that's prone to wildfire and try to do some, you know. Oh, uh, and the best planning. advice, turn off the bloody news. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Turn for that sure. mainstream media off, because even the awake people are still under the influence if they listen you know i mean i've got a couple of people who are awake but you can still see the fear working on them because they listen to the news right so. <clears throat> yeah that's one of the the big traps with all this i think is you know we've talked about this before about how much tension how much focus do we give what they're talking about even so it is it's like stages of recognizing that they're lying to you and that they are propagandizing and that they're setting you up for something but then uh also managing how you allow that to affect you even if you know that they're lying yep because we're human yep we have emotions and brains that can be affected and, you know, let's not get into the whole technical like we touched on before the show. It's the, the patents that do exist, real or not, about um, certain wavelengths and signals that can be emitted from certain devices, be it television screens, CRTs or beyond, or your own devices. Um, there are patents that exist for this. Real or not, there's 50% chance they're real. So bear that in mind as well. Nice to unplug a little more than plug if you get my drift. <laughs> yes. I think I get your drift, sister. Baby. Man. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of mainstream news, I think uh, Ashley has a story for us. Yes. So I'm coming at you from that trashy pop culture place that I came at you last week. And if you hate it, I don't blame you. Um, but here we go. Now, I do find this stuff fascinating because I feel like these, uh, so the things that are happening to celebrities right now are either a distraction or they're making a play at something or some combination of both or a combination of several things. Um, you know, there's some weird stuff with Scientology and like 
kind of some CIA connections. L. Ron Hubbard's strange person and a lot of these celebrities that are involved in Scientology. And then you have Scientology as a political player because they attacked the IRS in unison and were able to win tax-exempt status in the United States. Now, whether or not that was organic or was this some other type of setup, I don't know. And I have wondered that myself because Scientology is one of the largest landowners um, in the world. They own major, major property all over the world. And so part of me thinks that maybe they actually were never adversarial with the government, even though it may have appeared that way, but they're actually another arm of, or another sect of like the World Economic Forum land grab cult. Who knows? But there's mm. something weird about the fact that they essentially have, um, you know, and, and I understand that they're litigious, so I don't want to say anything that would get us in trouble, but there have been accusations made that their people that are working for them are essentially slave labor because they're not getting paid very much at all. Nothing close to minimum wage or anything like that. And people have to pay to move up within the organization if they want to move up to these like OT level eight, which is the top level. Um, they have to pay for their auditing, all this stuff. So there's a huge amount of money that they're bringing in. So I think there's something maybe there. Um, from that and capacity to our listeners, if what she just said sounded like a, another language to you, check out Union of the Unknowns episode 25. It's all about Scientology. Yes. And no there, there is a lot of work out there that has now been, uh, been done on Scientology and probably one of the most famous is Leah Remini's show. Although recently it, Leah's authenticity has been called into question as well based on the timing of when she decided to file the lawsuit against Scientology and um, based on the people that are her backers as well. So if anyone's interested in some of that link, it, the, that information or links, feel free to reach out to me and I'd be happy to send it over. But um, anyway, so the, the point is, all that to say is that I feel that these things are worth keeping an eye on because of uh, I think they're part of the puzzle. So last week we left off that Danny Masterson had the actor from that 70s show. That's where he's most famous. Turns out he was raised in Scientology and he recruited several people in Hollywood into Scientology as well. And Laura Preppen that played Donna on that 70s show was one of those people. Um, we had been wondering whether or not he had been raised in that or if he had joined once he was in Hollywood, but it seems like he had been raised there. So, <clears throat> and we also addressed the fact that cast members, specifically Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, had submitted letters for the judge to show lenience to Danny Masterson. That was leaked to the public. They had their, their, um, we need to come up with a term for like, the outrage that is that that they're supposed to have right the npc outrage that's very predictable it's like three two one get mad and that's what they did so they started uh like shaming the, the mob outrage sort of thing yes yes um and they started shaming ashton kutcher and emila kunis and saying that they were minimizing what the victims went through i'll leave that for you to decide personally i didn't i thought that was normal it if I had somebody in my family that ha was in this situation, then I probably would maybe write for leniency for them as well. Um, so Can I ask I a question? Sure. Uh, Ashton and Mila, what's her name? Mila Kunis. Are they a couple? They are a couple. So have they been a couple they, for a long time? They have been. Right, okay. Yeah, sorry, that was dog. That's okay. Yeah, at one Dog's point... Dog's gonna dog. Ashton yes, Kutcher was dating or married to Demi Moore, wasn't she? Wasn't he? He was, yes, he, he was. He was married to Demi Moore when he was 25 years old and she was 40 years old. So, I have a, a side... Um, a factoid. I don't know, who, I don't know who, had a better, who had the better side of the deal there. Well, I can honestly. tell you, he might have been hot, Good question. but... 
a 25 year old guy is too young not because <laughs> predator you're, being, you're well i don't really consider it predatory but i just consider it like in On today's same time a 25 year old is a kid at cougar yeah, yeah wow. for sure uh, but anyway. Okay. Thank you for answering that question. So, yes, yes. So, they have been a couple. So, they originally met on the set of that 70s show. She was 14. People make that a, a big deal as well, that he was 19 the first time they kissed. I That's personally not a big don't deal. agree. Was, was she 14? I thought she was 16. or I, She I'm was sure 14. I'm Apparently, 14. she lied in her auditions <laughs> to get the role. That's what. Oh. Uh, you know, I mean, they always used to talk about how women would, you know, be more mature ahead of age than men so therefore exactly. you know it was generally around about that age especially um yes. it was sort of around about a four-year thing so if you take four years off 19 there's what 15 15 yeah <laughs> i don't know I, 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 don't I don't know i don't know how that worked that forget about what i just said but yeah it's but, um not a huge gap in mentality exactly yeah i think that and that's a nothing especially. burger I think it's a nothing burger and I don't like it. And I'll tell you, there's a couple other things I don't like about the story either. Um, so that's one of them. They're, the outrage mob is making a big deal. And even some of the videos that I've watched breaking down this story about this five-year age difference between them. And I'm like, they were literally both teenagers. So stop with that. That That is not, that's the wrong thing to be outraged about here. Yep. Can I just make something clear here? Because I don't want any backlash. I'm not encouraging or saying that, you know, if I was a mum and my 14 year old daughter brought home a 19 year old, I'd probably kill him. But, Thank you. Yes. I okay. definitely would kill him. It depends well, where you're standing. But also back then, are we talking the 80s? Uh, it was the 90s, the 90s no, 2000s. Late 90s. That 70s show in the 90s. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Um, or, or even then, that was sort of on. Pardon? Yeah. 90s, 2000s. Even later. Okay. Well, I don't know. I was, I was going to say sort of, I thought it was earlier than that. I was going to say sort of, you know, times have changed quite a lot, even just in a short time, like of what was sort of, you know, I don't know, not saying everything was acceptable, but there were more acceptable things happening back then that now we go <gasps> and clutch pearls, you know, it's like, oh. Yeah. I mean, so. I my personal, from my experience, because I was a, a teenager, you know, around that time and I dated someone that was four or five years older than me and it wasn't a big deal. And I think that, um, you know, that person wasn't a predator, you know? So I think you, if you trust your child to make good decisions, then, you know, you have to understand that when they're a teenager, they're going to want to date someone or, well, at least that used to be how it is. Now I've heard people say kids are a lot more asexual these days because they're all like vaxxed and fluorided and fast fooded and, you know, tech screened mm. out so they're they're not doing that as much but back in the day teenagers used to want to date each other so anyway yeah but i'm a, I'm a uh -oh. freshman man i'm a freshman in college and i'm dating a, a girl in middle school that's that's kind of weird uh i wasn't in middle school at 14 i was in high school but I was dating when I was a senior in high school. I was dating a senior in college. Yeah, I would. Well, I always dated that's, older. That's but... kind of weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go <laughs> back to the I mean, story. You know what? I, I, I'm more power to you, but eh, I don't know. It was I, pretty I'd normal. My buddy, if he was dating a high schooler in college, uh, he might have caught some grief. But I was, I was pretty <laughs> fucking bit. cool. Did you guys meet? Uh, we were smart, school? beautiful, and cool. That would be different. Were you, uh, were you still dating? So or? we, so I was working so for ago. the local uh, minor league baseball team. <laughs> uh, the, cool the name, the name that we were called was cute, but I, I don't want. I'll, I don't know if I should that say. Don't yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah so anyway, it was it was a cute name though. Um, and they just, they took the, the mascot and they added et to the end of it, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, like drop bear et. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I met him there because he, he had his internship there and then there, we had mutual friends and were at high school in the same County and knew some of the same people. So that's how yeah, I met this person. You know, I'm not saying that by definition it's weird. 
it, it's it's a it's a pretty big age gap for that young um but uh i mean it, whatever the circumstances were is fine um but just you know you want to say a 19 year old dating a 14 year old is not weird that's pretty weird i just it depends don't how far dating they, goes yeah exactly they weren't even dating like it's, my understanding is that they, it was just they had a kiss like while at work um which sure. i just don't think is that odd anyway so and we we i'm certainly open to talk about this but let me just move along yeah let's um, go back to the story <laughs> so but yes yeah, so a lot of people are outraged about that and they're acting like it's super weird and as i've stated i don't think that that is what is weird here and i don't think it's worth focusing on but they were very upset with Ashton and Mila. And then they released this super cringe video about how they weren't trying to minimize, you know, they worked in, you know, like they're trying to help people not be child trafficked or trafficked or, or whatever, you know, something to that effect. So they did the old cringe apology video and they focused on weird things about Danny, about how in their letter about how he, you know, was very anti-drug and he helped try to influence them in that way. And then um, someone had pointed out that the whole show is about sitting around and getting high with your friends. Like there's a lot of drug references in this show. I mm. mean, they smoke weed and hang out together all the time. Well, it's the seventies. Correct. But, but it's also do that every bloody decade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but hypocritical to be like, oh, dude, you need to stay away from drugs. And yet you built your whole career on a show about uh, being high. <laughs> so Very then the other bullet point there was that Danny was married to Bijou Phillips, which we talked about that. She's one of the Phillips sisters, China Phillips and Mackenzie Phillips of um, their dad was John Phillips of the mamas and the papas. Um, a lot of trauma and, and some very odd things happening in that family to be sure. So she had stood by him as he was sentenced to 30 years in prison, which for all intents and purposes for him, because he's, I think 47 and um, I just confirmed that's correct. He, you know, he'll be 77 when he gets out, unless something changes, you know, unless appeal or if he's able to parole or, or whatever. Um, but it had all signs have pointed to Bijou being totally devastated over this and standing by her man. And uh, from what I read, she did not believe, uh, you know, that he would rape someone. But then the news just dropped that she filed for divorce 12 days after he was sentenced to 30 years. So she is now petitioning to go back to her last name. And she they have a nine-year-old child together. So they are, you know, she's still going to let the, the child visit him, stuff like that. But it's quite an about face after everything that went down. And she was, uh, appeared to have been... Um, standing by her man yes exactly and standing Sella, here's here's something man. um i just caught this but he was freed on 3.3 .3 million dollar <laughs> bail uh, was he <laughs> um yeah yeah i mean not this was back in may before everything was finally uh taken care of so mm -hmm. anyway i just thought that it was a very it's an interesting story now, the other thing that I want to get back to is the what I take exception to with this story. Obviously, if he committed this crime, then he deserves to, you know, those people deserve justice. And it, it does appear that they were all members of the Church of Scientology and that they were originally gaslit that this didn't happen to them. So that could have been... Uh, partially to account for the long time frame before this finally coming to fruition. Um, Can I ask, uh, has there been any evidence? Like what's the evidence that has been brought forward? Is it like Scientology notes that they all keep on each other? So that's a very good question. To my knowledge, no. And I don't think that Scientology would turn that over even if they had it. That's um, what I'm wondering. How's the, yeah. Where's the proof? So, and I don't know that there's proof. What I think the biggest piece of evidence would be is the fact that both or all three, because uh, one of the 
the cases got thrown out and he was convicted on two of these, but um, accused by three people, but they had told people close to them that it happened not long after. So I think that's probably the biggest uh, piece of evidence. And the fact yeah. that there were three of them and their stories were not exactly alike, but they started making sense in that context of uh, uh, a set of behaviors, if you will, mm -hmm. that had similarities. Now, it's so very I interesting, would... isn't it, that um, this Masterson stuff is sort of happening with, it is kind of all hearsay, and I'm not trying to stand up, like, it's quite possible that times were different, he was younger, he might have had a lot of power in his, going to his head, but isn't it interesting how this timing is now, uh, married alongside with Russell Brand, is coming out, uh, it's a massive distraction, and also yes. I can't help, um, I think I might have said this the other day too, I can't help assimilating this with the Q movement of, um, you know, how Q's been saying, it's cool, we've got this, the white hats are going to, all this stuff's going to come out soon, just wait, you know. Right. Um, I, I, I'm i going to assume there's a whole bunch of Q people out there saying, see, here they are, they're all come to rescue the victims and blah, blah. So, That's but the possible. timing, yeah, I mean, at the moment there's that... Um, trilateral sort of agreement coming to fruition with the who yeah the so WEF i'm just gonna and... i'm gonna pause you on that because i want to come back oh to i'm that, sorry okay? so, no that's fine did We're i gonna... just scoop you uh, no no it's just something i did want to hit on uh okay in regards okay. to this story so we're coming back to that we'll get there all right yep while um i just wrap this part of it up so um and maybe that was gonna actually i don't i don't know where i was going but part of my point is you do have these things happening concurrently with the Russell Brand accusations. Now, Tim Ballard, one of the producers of the Sound of Freedom movie, has also been accused by uh, what I read today, like seven anonymous women or something like that, in addition to Russell Brand. So, seven yes. Seven Vestal Virgins? <laughs> Maybe so. And to pose that question back to you, Stella, yes, what are they distracting us from? So we talked about this a little bit on the WTF forum um, and Drew made Easy the good point. Podcast. Yep. The Easy Peasy Podcast. The Drew had, uh, from You're Missing the Point, had brought up the fact that this uh, would be a very convenient distraction because we have the uh, um, WE... The World Economic Forum or the World Demonic Forum, <laughs> as yeah, some people say, the WHO and the UN have all made a partnership, which is we have known that they were obviously all working together in lockstep and all that. But it appears that the, the rise of that apparatus is coming a bit more into the fore. And it happens at the same time that everyone is buzzing about Russell Brand even more than than Danny Masterson I have seen. Because Russell Brand holds, well, he's got so much, I think it's 6.6 .6 million, 6.6 .6 million followers. I don't know. I'd have to have a look. I haven't looked at it for a while, but um, yeah, uh, he's got a lot of clout, let's say. Klaus clout. Yes. Um, so yes, the trilateral agreement that has been reached with the UN, the WEH, uh, sorry, WEF and the WHO, uh, is about bringing the agenda forward from 2030 to 2025, basically accelerating everything at warp speed. Yep. Not that they said that, but I just thought it fitted in. Well, it does by expediting the plan. Um, and if that's truly the case, because I feel like they were already expediting it anyway. Um, <laughs> it did but, feel like that, but boy, oh yeah. boy. But that has yet. been up for discussion whether or not they actually were expediting the original game plan or not mm, that could be speculation hey yeah is that what you're saying yeah right. so mm. anyway uh, i just thought it was an interesting thing like i said because i do feel like these are both distraction but also significant because of what is happening yes. culturally and the other ways that these individuals fit into the the greater political sphere. So Danny Masterson wasn't necessarily some political actor, mover and shaker. However, 
it matters because Scientology matters. There's something very weird about mm -hmm. what is happening with the where Shelley, with the amount of land that they own, with their tax-free status, with their um, the issues going on with Leah Remini and her outing them, but being associated with some other weird people. And then of course, Russell Brand, and he is, he is influential in the alternative news sphere. And yes, we, you know, we've talked about this, that I definitely think he's a Pied Piper. Yes. 6.6 um, 6 million followers is only his subscription. Um, it's his subscribers. Many more people follow him anyway and watch him. So that's a, it's a large amount of people. It's a lot of influence. And I just wanted to point out Danny, Daniel, Danny, uh, Masterson, Master's son. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. I think these things all have multifaceted things like they always do. Um, all perfectly timed, you know. I mean, they have a lot of very expensive think tanks going on. You'd, you'd kind of expect some rather tip-of-the-hat tactics going on. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I think it's worth keeping in mind, even if you consider this to be celeb gossip, I would actually ask you to maybe uh, reframe your consideration about what is actually going on here because I think that it is more than that. I think what you pointed out about the Scientology land grab was a very interesting point because, uh, yeah, it's like it's been creeping along because they've been around for many, many, what, how many decades? When did that start? 70s Scientology? 60s? I think it was in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, that's 60s, a, yeah. A, a good question. But, yeah. So they've been sort of creeping around. And, you know, I mean, the Roman Catholics Church as well. That's yep. They're a very rich establishment. That's, that's uh, so true. Land. And actually, now that you bring that up, it did uh, give me a thought because if we, okay, so if the rumors about Project Blue Beam and the plan for that are to be believed, then that was alleged to show religious images in order to help usher in a kind of the, a new religion. And I do think there's evidence that they certainly are working on a one world religion. And I think that you see that by the Pope going to the Middle East and these, uh, you know, religious centers that they are creating over there that are not necessarily assigned a, you know, Catholicism or Islamic or whatever. So I do certainly think that they want a one world religion. It would make it a lot easier and that potentially, yes, Scientology may have a role to play in that. Yes. Well, they're re rebuilding the temple on the temple mount. Uh, well, trying to anyway, trying to make biblical prophecy happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's going to be their one world religion. Yeah. Thing. So they've already got yeah. that other center with the three temples, the Islam, Christian, and what's the other one? Jude Judaism. Yes. Thank you. And that's in the Middle East, correct? <laughs> I got to forget. All of them are in the Middle East. Yeah. Which is another strange thing. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go on a tangent, but just to say that's worth considering the fact that the United States and the British Empire have never left the Middle East alone for decades and decades and decades and decades. I mean, it does have mm. major significance um, in, oh, in a lot of ways. And that is really so. just an extension of the Roman Empire anyway, so. Yeah. 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 So anyway, food for thought in that regard. But if someone, you know, if you have questions or, or comments or uh, thoughts on what's going on here, I would certainly love to hear what you had to say about it. What you got, Keels? Thank you. Yeah. Um, I've got, I'm going to lighten this whole thing. I mean, we've been talking some heavy duty stuff um, all over the place, really. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Bob Ross, the world famous artist, uh, who passed away a few years back, he had a TV show, as you all know, because Bob Ross is awesome, and so is his hair. Big perm, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Shout on the very people. first episode of that show, he painted a, a painting titled A Walk in the Woods. It was a landscape, of course. All of his uh, paintings were landscape paintings. And it is currently being put up for auction. Care to take a, a guess as to what the initial uh, listing is? $33 million. 
66.6 million. <laughs> Come on, guys. 666,000. Every, everything is tied to demonology in the world. You know how jaded yeah, we are. <laughs> Nine, <laughs> 9. 9.85 million. 9.85 million. Holy dooly. Is it a good painting? <laughs> Well, he was a pretty good artist, a, isn't he? It is a, a picture of a babbling brook with trees around it. And oh, I just mean, for it, something different. It yeah. looks nice, but I mean, he. the amazing thing is the original owner uh, is the person who's now putting it up for auction. Uh, this person was a PBS volunteer who bought the painting at a benefit auction way back when. Uh the exact amount that person paid for it is not exactly known, but um, the owner of Modern Artifact Gallery in Minneapolis estimates it was probably somewhere under $100. So this person bought a painting in, I don't know, 1970-something and uh, is now going to sell it for $10 million. Wow. That's a pretty pretty big turnaround, I think. It's a pretty good investment there. It is. I feel just, like I would feel convict. Uh, I would feel conflicted about that, especially if you knew Bob Ross. Yeah, you'd yeah. want him to have, uh, you know, profited. What was the name of the painting? A walk in the woods. I want to see it. I want to. I want us to bring it up. A walk yeah, let in, me see if I can find it. A walk in the woods. Walk in the woods. It's very. It's, uh, yes. Very Signed nice. by him, it's of very course. Very typically Bob Ross. Yep. I would want some of his hair mixed up in the paint for that price. <laughs> Get some of his DNA. Yeah. Mixed yeah. in there. Let's make another <laughs> Bob Ross. The world needs more Bob Rosses, or is it Ross Eye? Yes. His. Did you guys watch that I Bob Ross uh, documentary that came out? No, I did not. It was pretty good. I feel bad, kind of feel bad for uh, his his family because they, they made it appear, yeah, there it is. He did a lot of, uh, now, see, that's not exactly the same painting as I'm looking at because he did a lot of things like the same scene a number of times, but also there were people watching his show also painting the same painting, so you'd have to right. be careful that it was actually the Bob Ross one. Because that is a little bit different to the one I'm seeing. Let me see if I can. Now, it does mention in this article that he typically painted three versions of the same painting each there episode. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Because, uh, well, the the bastion of truth, that is CNN, does say the first Bob Ross work <laughs> from The Joy of Painting is on sale. So they do make it look like the it's one, this one yeah. and, and it does have his little signature there. But, uh, yeah, who knows? So that's but the maybe first it's one. similar. Yeah. I wonder if the other two are worth just as much. I wonder where all his works are. I suppose he's, maybe his family. Uh, there yeah. is a Bob Ross museum. I can, I can tell you, there's a there's a museum that currently holds all of his paintings, and I'm looking for the name here, but it's a, uh, I think it's up in New York, or maybe it's the maybe it's this guy up in Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan Nelson is the owner of Modern Artifact Gallery in Minneapolis. Uh, his gallery has become the primary facilitator of the growing Bob Bob Ross market. Oh, so, there you go. There you it's go. good to know that yeah. it's reserved, uh, preserved, and on display. Yeah, I that's a a an actual um, art gallery that I would go see. I think yes, most of them are too. money laundering, absolute garbage, but. That one I would support. <laughs> Children in wooden crates out the back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey. Yeah, so, like, I don't know R. if it's good news or what, but good for that person who sold it. And yeah. And now is going it's for pretty crazy, million. isn't it? Pretty crazy paying that much money for, you know, you got to wonder. You yeah. got to wonder. You do. Um, and of course, people, some people have more money than cents. So, True. Um, but I, I gotta, you know, I come down on the millennials quite a bit because of their aloof nature and ignorance for the past. But they are the ones who discovered, rediscovered 
Bob Ross, uh, you know, a little while, like 10 years ago or so, and kind of brought him back into the mainstream. So uh, I do, I do give them credit for that. Yeah. Give credit where credit is due, even in um, very sparing circumstances. <laughs> yes. Oh, very good. That was yeah. a nice yeah. uh, up so note to uh, cleanse, even though he's our, dead. <laughs> cleanse our palate there. I agree because he still has uh, people think very fondly of him and he seems uh, to have been a legitimate, very kind person. And uh, great so hair. I, yeah, good hair, big time fro. So um, I think that's good. Yeah. Bro of the fro. Yeah, he wasn't perfect, but I don't think he was, you know, trafficking children or anything like that. <laughs> no. Right. Uh, you know, I, and compared to most other big time celebrities that, that that have fame at one point or another, he's probably doing pretty well in yes. that regard. Oh, and I did I have one quick thing to add about my story that this reminded me of mm -hmm. is that yes, it bothers me for people to get very outraged over the Ashton and Mila thing. And yes, I think Ashton has some shady connections, stuff like that. But the people that are super outraged and the people that are still kind of like the Me Too movement, I feel like they're very likely to still support politicians that have very critical, credible accusations made against them, such as Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, you know, Bill Gates and others. And they'll still support these people. They'll still trust what they have to say. And yet they're going to freak out over a letter that that these two actors wrote. I mean, it's wake up. So yeah. frustrating. Yeah, you, when you said it was right, I mean, they're they're his friends, and of course they're going to support him. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. back to Bob Ross. Good story. That was a nice way to. <laughs> yeah, well, Bob it's, Ross. It's all just a distraction. We've got to remember that. And I just wanted to um, also say that yesterday I walked outside to get a little bit of peace and quiet in the garden after having a rather stressful morning and uh almost stepped on an eastern brown snake so Ooh. my friends please be aware my australian friends if we've got any listeners i'm sure oh, we danger. have pretty sure very we have. dangerous yes yes they're a very dangerous a little, one give us a blip about the eastern brown snake they come in many sizes and colors so they can be anything from quite a dark brown through to a very this one was very fawny colored um, I was, I had to look it up because it had stripes on it and I had to remind myself what a tiger snake looks like equally as venomous. Uh, but no, it, it was an Eastern Brown, but they've, there's quite a vast difference. So they can be, yeah, they can be fawn, gray, dark brown. They can even be quite an orangey sort of look. Uh, they don't have the spady head like a rattlesnake. They have a very slim, you know, like you can almost not see it sort of, it's more like a worm shape, you know, but so this was about. Uh, would have been over a meter like it was definitely an adult and i i had either been walking up and down past it with the watering can for the last three trips to the tank or it had come out in the time i'd walked from the tank to the garden and i think that was the case because mm. honestly like it was the same color as the steps so that's why i nearly stepped on it because it was just oh. the same color and no. it was only because it moved and of course i jumped like i don't know how high but it, it was like my, my normal very high octave scream like mariah carey move over yeah. <laughs> um, you, and we both went in the opposite directions thank goodness oh you didn't uh, channel your inner steve Irwin and grab him by the tail and, <laughs> oh you're all right you're, you're all right, right. <laughs> you're all right oh crikey he's mad crikey. today get it caught up in my shoelaces and you know let <laughs> yeah. it kiss me no, no, I did not. But, um, this, you know, I did wonder like... if I was... Sorry, Matt. Uh, sorry, the screen share here, does that look like something? That like is definitely an Eastern brown snake, yes. Although mine was a bit paler, fawn, okay. and possibly not quite so fat. So mm -hmm. it looked like a young adult, I'd say, but it was, yeah, definitely over a meter, which is, you know, three foot, over, over three foot. Um, but yes... So be careful, everyone. Be Definitely. Aware. I think I've been channeling lizard energy because, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know if you saw that um, the in the pet thing, I put a um, eastern water dragon that I've been taming, or not taming, it's been taming me, actually. Um, I give it worms from the Worm Cafe, which is my the name of my worm. 
which I love. I love it. (laughs) Well, it's it's taking it literally. It comes by normally daily if I happen to be outside at that time Uh, and it hears me near the worm cafe, like shuffling around, it'll come out and it's like, okay, where's my worms? So I'll give it about 20 worms and getting really close. I got up to about a foot away from it. So I'm thinking the word's getting around, you know, it's like this place is cool for lizards, reptiles, come and hang here. Yeah, but the good kind. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm mind. Just... I really don't mind snakes. Just don't bite me and we're cool. It's all good. <laughs> For sure. Um, and I actually was able to find that um, that image of your little guy. So let's share this a little. little eastern. That's Stumpy. I would stumpy. like to know if. Yeah, Stumpy. Stumpy Look is missing the very. Look at that lovely picture. Isn't it? I think it might be a girl, actually, but missing the very end of its tail. So that's how I can, how I can tell it's the same one every day. Because it's the Look same how happy she tail. is hanging out at Worm Cafe. I yep. absolutely love it. She just looks so happy. Sunbathing. She's, she's slobbery worm guts on her lip because she's just had a nice feed. Mm, yummy. But, um, yeah, she's cool. And I would love to know if it's the one that was rescued, for, like, that was one a few months ago or last year, got caught in a cage, a wire cage. And I... I had to end up calling the the local wildlife snake lady uh, and she knew exactly how to handle it, but I was mm. too scared. I didn't want to hurt it. So I, was, I yeah. didn't want to handle it the way she knew exactly what to do. And um, it was there for a good day and I was sort of doing as much as I could to try to help it, but I had to end up calling that lady and she got it out within a minute. <laughs> so <laughs> I often awesome. wonder, I wonder if it's the same one. Yeah. I bet I it is. So. I mean, yeah. yeah, I like to think so too. And there she is all happy, all healthy up. and Enjoying her lunch. Yes. Very sweet. And she even chased a magpie. It was incredible to watch. My mum and I both saw it. It was a magpie down trying to get a a lizard or something. And it ran across the garden and tried to chase the magpie, which is not a small bird. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. Very, very brave too. Yes. Um, That's really cool. Australian Wildlife Report from Down Under. Nice. (laughs) That's really awesome. Uh, best great. best I can do is a, you know, four or five inch uh, uh, skink or something crawling along the brick. Yeah, <laughs> well, I like those little guys. Proud too. of your skink. Well, I've I've also got a, a black rat snake that's been living in my yard for the past I don't know ten or fifteen years. Love black I, snakes. I call oh, him yeah. Bert. He leaves me skin <laughs> all, on all tied up in my deck. You know, the the boards on my deck, he'll get up in there. So. Good place to go and rub his old skin off. Yeah, nice. Yep. Yep. That's very, and they, very coexistent. Uh, like they it. eat other uh, poisonous snakes and they eat vermin as well. And black rats, yeah, I'd I, imagine. I like having him in my yard because he's not poisonous to me. Yep. And he likes to eat vermin and I hate vermin. I hate mice and all that shit. Although I wouldn't mind keeping the toads in my yard but i mean yeah. those guys are a dime a dozen so i think that's what's bringing the snake actually because we do have a couple of tame cane toads hanging around i think there's one mm-hmm. that lives in the gutter because it's it goes rrr, rrr, at night and it's really loud and it's quite vo- reverby so yeah. it's rather yeah. annoying <laughs> we also have right. a diamond python anyway you have a diamond about... python in your yard too we do we do wow happy about that Boy, their poo smells though. Oh my gosh, snake poo absolutely (laughs) stinks. It's the worst smell because they eat, you know, rats and stuff. So yeah, and they do big poos. Pew pew pew. On that note, smell it from here. (laughs) Snake poo. (laughs) Well, do you know? I want to thank Ashley and Stella for your stories and insights. And I want to thank our listeners for putting up with us. And uh, Ashley, how can our listeners get a hold of us? Where can they find well, us, Ashley? Well, Stella, I'm glad you asked. You can find us at unionoftheunknowns.com. That's our Linktree page. It has all the ways to get in touch with us. You can join our Discord. You can find me on Twitter. Um, email us. You name it. That's where it's at. And we would love to hear from you. And uh, we would. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. We really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. My name is Keel Thor. We are the Union of the Unknowns, and we are out.
Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.